All right, what were you eating, if you don't mind me asking? I am eating... <laughs> I After posting my, uh, my record-breaking weight loss picture, I've been eating french fries. You hear me? I do hear you. All right, I was eating french fries. French fries from where? Bro, I got an air fryer, man. It oh, don't you have two up. air fryers? I do, as a matter of fact. How are they? They actually work great, man. Like, I was skeptical. But, like, they fucking do what they they fucking advertise they do. I need to get an air fryer. Todd's more of a Dollar General, George Foreman grill kind of guy. I am. I rock the George Foreman, too, bro. (laughs) That's right, we're... We're part of the George Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Ugh. All right, I'm ready whenever you guys are. All right, I think some of that might be included in this show. Hey, everyone, it's Longbox Heroes After Dark, episode 131. Todd and Joe here, and we're joined by a special guest. After Dark. That's right. This is the show where you can say all sorts of swears and whatnots. It's not comic booky, you know? Wait, Adam Lash? Curse? <laughs> I would Curse never thought. My my language is is very clean, family friendly. I would you, never ever use vulgarities. Can we curse on this show, Joe? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Only if you have a story to tell, you think that you've told it before and then you decide not to tell it. Yeah, Only Joe. in the middle though. Only in the middle. Right. Hey, can I drop some some F bombs, Joe? You can say whatever the fuck you want. Is that is that is that uh the name you go by on this or Yes, I don't go by uh, that other name since October. Okay, okay. He's out of witness relocation, so... Uh, can I can call you Leonard anyways? I mean... <laughs> you Well, there's only one other person who stills call me Leonard, and that might be painting you with a brush that you might not want to be painted with. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask who, but okay, let's, you, let's move you'll, on. You'll get it when I do your plugs at the end of the show. All right. <laughs> But Adam Lash is here, uh, co-founder, founder, originator of Powerbomb.tv. Something like that. Curator of all the the wrestling that's on there. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. And co-promoter of the upcoming uh, Break the Barrier event happening in Old Forge, Pennsylvania on June 11th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you can't be there live for this independent super show, you can watch it on Powerbomb TV from the comfort of your own home. Now, uh, Adam, things may, you know, kind of go off kilter here. We don't we don't stick to the script. That's for the other comic book show uh, okay. where we have a script that we go by line by line. But I'm going to regret this then, man, because I always stick to the script, bro. <laughs> so. I just saw, uh, as of the recording of this, that Powerbomb TV works on PlayStation 4. Yeah, yeah. So this is a yeah. big deal, I guess? Is it a big deal? I uh, Maybe. <laughs> no, so- I have a pay- PlayStation 4, so, uh, you know, basically somebody was asking, like, does it work on the PlayStation? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I can check it. Um, so I checked it, and, and it absolutely works. It works pretty good, though. So that's that's a positive. The reason I ask is because I noticed that your 
um, you know, your guys' Powerbomb TV works on what seems to be at least more platforms than most of the other streaming services. Or at the very least, you guys are very vocal to letting people know, hey, we work on all these different platforms where it seems as though some of the other streaming services are a little bit, I don't want to say secretive, but they're not as kind of putting it out there for various reasons of what platforms they do or do not work on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that Goodwill will be uh, ruined when uh, I decide I'm going to raise the price to uh, 30 bucks a month. But um, for now, yeah, we're trying to be um, pretty transparent about uh, what platforms we work on and uh, what platforms we're currently working on to make work. And so, obviously, Apple TV and Roku are are the the two two uh, things we're eyeing. And so, those are scheduled to be done by June 11th. So, people will be able to watch Breaks the Barrier on their uh, Roku or Apple TV. Now, co-promoter, of course, I mentioned of uh, Break the Barrier. It's you and someone who's very famous, especially on After Dark. (laughs) (laughs) He even had his own episode some, I don't know, I think it was like maybe like 30 some odd episodes ago. Um, Really? Yes. We, uh. Actually, I I think I listened to that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I remember that. It wasn't very interesting. What? The history of of Stan Malibu? Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) I, I know you guys are big Stan Malibu fans. I'm the I'm, biggest. I'm, I, I'm a little bitter about it just because I I, I was Jerry's uh, uh, Vin Gerard, whatever he he wishes to be known as. Uh, his uh, I was his his kind of listening board for that whole idea, and I was pretty deep in the the shit with him as regards <laughs> in regards to actually uh, executing it and, and all that. So. Uh, I was kind of disappointed that he he ended it so quick after we both had devoted so much time and and energy into it. But uh, yeah, I remember that episode. I actually I actually I actually listened to it. Now, Todd, you may not know this, of course, as Adam just mentioned. He was privy to uh, Stan Malibu stuff before I was. Like you were involved with the. The buying of the video equipment and the green screens and all that stuff. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I was basically... Uh, everything technical, I, I basically told Jerry uh, how to accomplish it and, and get it done. And, and actually, a lot of that ended up kind of... It wasn't all, all for waste because a lot of that ended up kind of uh, carrying over to Cole Creative, his, his little company there. And uh, so that's been... A positive, but yeah, it was pretty. In terms of just ideas, uh, the tech aspects of it all, yeah, I was, I was pretty deep in the thick of it. Just so that, just as a side note, it will be nine months to the day when this episode comes out that Jerry will have been on to talk about all the Stan Malibu stuff. Oh, it's like it's like Stan's being reborn nine months later. Yeah, well, he's a no show uh, for this this podcast. He, he was afraid to face me again. I have big ideas for Stanny Boy, but he, he's afraid to come on this podcast and discuss them. Well, you're going to have to uh, corner him on, on June 11th if you make your way to uh, beautiful Old Forge, Pennsylvania. I'm 
I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it. Maybe I'll bring myself a folding chair and uh, get some questions answered from Stan. <laughs> <laughs> now, Adam, are you making the trek from Vermont down to join us? What's that? Are you making the trek down from Vermont to join us? That is the plan. That is awesome. Yeah, from old uh, Vermempus territory, thinking about heading down to uh, good old old Forge, Pennsylvania. Uh, can't think of a better place I'd rather spend my my weekend on. Uh, in. So, yeah. Now, I, if I can sweeten the pot a little bit, I don't know when you're planning on coming down. Yeah, I don't know honestly when. But the, <laughs> the Friday, you know, and, we, the Friday and Saturday beforehand, right across yeah. the bridge from where I live, is the pierogi festival. Oh, you know, I don't. What is a pierogi? Oh. This was, <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's As like cool. a creamy. A, a creamy, okay. Yeah. No, a pierogi is like a little like a. It's like a noodle almost, but it's folded together. Like imagine a ravioli in your head, right? Okay. Yep. But instead of it being crimped on all four sides, it's more yeah. rounded, folded over, crimped on one side, and usually filled with like potatoes or cheese or some combination Onion. therein. But at the pierogi festival, they go ape shit and just put all sorts of crazy things in them. Not interested. Oh, my God. I'm excited. This will be the first year in uh, however many years my son has been born that I'll actually get to go to the pierogi festival. Because usually I'm out of town for wrestling that weekend. It's the simple things in life, huh? It certainly is. I, I you know, think we're, I might... we're, we're using a lot of uh, insider terms that I, I don't know that people know what creamies are do you want to explain to todd what a creamy is do you know what a creamy is did we todd, have this exchange on on twitter once not not me i I've, I've looked over your the many creamy tweets that come down the pipe <laughs> yep but i'm not 100 percent sure what a creamy is is it some sort of ice cream based knockoff Knockoff, like, like yeah. what are what are you trying to say? Like, like poor man's gelato. I don't know what what is a creamy. Oh. No, a creamy is what layman's call a soft serve cone, but creamy, of course, is a much much more appealing, appetizing uh, term to to describe the the goodness that that goes into your mouth and just takes over your body, especially mm-hmm. uh, in Vermont, uh, the old maple creamy. Just my God, I just I get a wreck just thinking about it. To be quite honest with you, it's become that show. Now I don't think we have maple soft serve in these parts. We do occasionally. It could be the flavor of the day or the week <laughs> at my local ice cream establishment. My local soft serve establishment, right? Um, has let's chill fla- with the uh, the. The uh, little SS word, all right? Because that's a touchy subject with me. It's creamy, please. So anyway, I was at my local soft serve establishment. <laughs> creamy. And, and they have like, oh, this week it's uh, orange sickle. This week it's, you know, blueberry. And they've had maple. They've had maple. So I know we get it occasionally. Yeah, but is it made from a good old Vermont maple syrup? Does uh, anything good ever come from Vermont? I'm going to ignore that. Uh, so, ben and Jerry's, Granite, Bernie <laughs> Sanders. Well, technically he's from New York, but he represents good old Vermont. 
fish? Are you a fish head? Oh you mean the the band or the food? The band, of course. Yeah. Joe, I'm a big fish head, right? What well, do you want, crack? No. If you're talking about fish math that Todd does for Christmas. <laughs> there you go, fish math. Are there, oh, the, are there the any Arthur Treachers in your neck of the woods there, Adam? Arthur Treachers? Right. It's like kind of like the upscale fancy Long John Silvers. Yes, the upscale. That's why no. there's so few of them. No. All right. That's a stupid question. Why? We're what talking the about fish. You, I'm here to promote a professional wrestling event, and you're asking me about an upscale Long John Silvers. All right, we'll get we'll get back to business. I told you yeah. we're going to get off the subject of things. So, promoting the okay. show. This, you know, how we got off on the subject is talking about goddamn Jerry. I'm just saying. So, yeah, well, Jerry has a habit of doing that. What made you decide, in conjunction with Powerbomb TV, to hold a live event? It wasn't really my idea. Um, damn it, I use um. Goddamn. Anyways. <clears throat> oh, goddamn. Double cheese. Jerry, just keep going. It was really Jerry's idea. My my idea was. My idea once Jerry kind of came up with it. Jerry felt like the the way that we would gain further acceptance from people in wrestling, both promoters, workers you know, talent, all that, was by running an event. And I I was skeptical at first because, as you will know, that Jerry has often come up with ideas to run live professional wrestling events, and they often I do have, not, not come. Not to interrupt you, I have Word documents of email yep. conversations between Jerry and I dating back to 2009 of pipe yeah. dreams of running professional wrestling events in this area. Yeah, so I was kind of, I was a little bit skeptical at first, but um, he he was pretty committed to it. I, I give him, I give the old lad a little credit for that. And so uh, once, once I could tell he was serious about it and even set a date, <laughs> that's well, really when I kind of got on board and, and thought, you know, we could really do something special. And that's when I really started reaching out, uh, getting talent, especially the international talent. And, you know, we really snowballed from there. Now, I was going to mention the, the talent, of course. You know, once kind of everything on Jerry's end started coming together... Me knowing you the way that I do, anyone listening to this who knows you, of course, in your wrestling sensibilities, can kind of pinpoint, okay, these are the guys that Adam booked, and these are the guys that Jerry booked, sort of thing. Um, that up. Do you have any interesting stories of attempting to book this international talent? Without kind of, you know, I'm going to say, without really burying anybody, but if you want to bury anybody, I'm not going to stand in your way. Oh yeah, there's. <sighs> um, booking the booking the Mexican talent especially was quite. It was an experience. It really was trying at times. It's you know from the start, it was just issue after issue after issue, and <laughs> when we thought we had the match. It, we got some information that was not very 
good about one of the talents that we we had booked and so we couldn't in in good conscience uh have that person on an event in the united states in front of people and children so we had to uh we had to uh, we really had to kind of scramble to find replacements and then of course you know we come what two weeks away and uh, one of the replacements, uh, Triton, unfortunately had to pull out. So, you know, there there has been a lot of issues regarding booking uh, the Mexican talent, especially. Um, you know, but the match that we're going with is Guerrero Maya Jr. and a, a, a partner that we will be naming shortly, hopefully, uh, versus Puma and Tiger Casas. And... That, I think, is going to be a really good match. I tried not to bury anybody, but um, (laughs) I guess if there's anybody to bury, it it would be myself, just because I shouldn't have made the original match of Los Traumas versus Puma and Tiger. I was a lapse of judgment on my part, and... We got some information that confirmed that lapse of judgment, and that's really how that played out. Now, I saw a tweet from the other day where you had said uh, Tiger Casas is going to be in a little bit early, Mm -hmm. and uh, that you were attempting to assist him in finding other bookings. Now, other bookings on other events notwithstanding, um... (laughs) Where is is Tiger Casa staying with Jerry while he's in? <laughs> I wish. Um, no, uh, Tiger Casa is going to be staying in the uh, Philadelphia area. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be quite interesting uh, for Jerry to be housing some luchadors, but uh, I don't think I don't think he he's up for that. I, I just want to kind of use that to angle it. I've probably told you this story before, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell it on the podcast. No, 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 kidding. Of course I am. Uh, when, <laughs> I, when I was first involved with Chikar at the very, very beginnings of my involvement back in 2005, um, you know, Mike would regularly send out emails of saying like, oh, this person's coming in and, you know, we're looking at a place to house them, you know, to kind of not have hotel fees and stuff. If we don't have to get a hotel and we can have a guy or two crash somewhere, let's do it. Yo. So right around that time was when April and I were moving into the house that we're living into right now. Literally, it would whatever the weekend of Tag World Grand Prix, we were moving in a week prior to that. So mm. it was going to be a brand new house, no furniture, no nothing, all of our all of our belongings all over the place. And the two people that Mike was looking to house were Madman Pondo and the Necro Butcher. Now, up until this point, I only knew of these two wrestlers by their reputations, as did April. So we were deathly afraid to have these two deathmatch wrestlers stay in our brand new home. Mm -hmm. Little did we know that they were the nicest people in the world, and more than likely would have been delightful house guests. And I kick myself that I did not have that experience of having those two men stay at my home. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to, uh, you know, my first impression, okay, I'll just say it. Uh, <laughs> Necro, you, you were going to, uh, possibly have Necro staying with you? Well, again, at 2005, 
Mm-hmm. I I was very new to this I know wrestlers sort of game. I only knew them by their yeah. reputation. And it was a okay. knee-jerk reaction of no. But then no, af- okay. after meeting them that weekend, you know, I've had interactions with them before, you know, since then on other <laughs> events that I've been a part of. And yep. then I'm like, oh, they seem like relatively nice guys. Now, oh, yeah. granted, Necros had some dalliances and... Dalliance, no. that's an interesting way to put it, but Pond- yeah. Pondo may not be, you know, experiencing the best luck these days. But, you know, in hey, 2005, you know I'm sure they would have been up. delightful be, house guests. I'll be straight up, Pondo has experienced a lot of luck for somebody who, frankly, looks like him. And, and <laughs> Not that I'm a looker myself, but uh, he's he's been, uh, when it comes to the ladies, at least, he's, he's, he's been quite fortunate, honestly. He absolutely has. I, I don't get it, but you know what? Whatever. I'm, I'm proud of him. It takes all kinds. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure Necro is a, a fine, upstanding citizen and, you know, all that. Unfortunately, he didn't get to stay uh, in your house with you in April. <clears throat> it would have been quite the experience. Yeah. Just so, uh, make sure you didn't take any of his Disney money, and uh, you probably would have been fine. That's about as inside as a reference as it gets. So, Todd, did you have any questions for Adam before I continue grilling him about the show upcoming? Uh, not really. I'm not a big. I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of this wrestling stuff. So, I'm just a participant in this After Dark podcast. You're just an innocent bystander. That's right. I have to hear about wrestling. Yet again. Your job is to poke me about creamies in Vermont, huh? That's uh, Yeah, I will talk about soft serve as much as you like. Never heard of a creamy, creamy fuck the world, yes. <laughs> Apparently. It, it's funny, too, because I've pointed this out to Adam. Inside Knobles, there's an ice cream place that mm-hmm. says right on it very clearly soft serve. And then when you leave the Knoebel campgrounds, maybe about a quarter mile down the road, there's an ice cream place that has in giant neon letters, Creamies. And I would say that's the only place I've ever seen Creamies live and in person represented as such. Yeah, I, I believe you actually sent me a picture of the sign, and, and my only objection was that they misspelled the word Creamies. So. Oh, the proper, the proper spelling is C-R-E-E-M-E-E, Creamy. So now, like, can you have soft serve and creamy that close to each other? Is it like the Crips and the Bloods of ice cream? <laughs> What's I mean, it? Uh, I think it's uh, there was some gerrymandering going on to get the, the the lines drawn a certain way so they weren't overlapping territories. Yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> there, I, I take strong positions on, on verbiage and, and terms used. For instance, you know, spelling of indie. It's I-N-D-I-E. Not I N D Y. I'm uh, a fiend. Uh, me over soft serve. You know, I'm I'm very particular about these things, so I, I don't appreciate you uh, rustling my feathers about it. To be honest with you, I'll tell you the truth. I'm the same way with you on indie. The only time you spell indie I N D Y is if you're talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark or a 500 race. Those are the only That's times you spell indie I N D Y. All right, so you're not so objectable. I I appreciate that support. No problem. Soft serve. Just found out uh, Kevin Owens is a indie guy. I n d i e. I saw, I saw that did... before we started recording. Yes. Is he going to yeah. be at Break the Barrier? 
I I don't think so. I think he's probably got other commitments somewhere else. But um, just ask. We him. would love to have him. How about uh, my future ex girlfriend Paige? Is she going to be there or ex wife? Um, <laughs> probably not. No. Okay, those are the only two that I that I know that I would ask about. Yeah. <laughs> not not any belts that she can help christen. Oh, Paro. <laughs> So Adam, you've been you've been involved um in professional wrestling in many, many ways since what, nineteen ninety nine? Oh god. Um I think probably ninety eight was probably when I first I guess it can go back a little further. I started talking to people in wrestling, you know, probably like 96, and then I uh, found out there was a local promotion called Green Mountain Wrestling in Newport, Vermont, and I saw one of their advertisements during Raw, and I was like, oh shit, gotta go check out this local Vermont professional wrestling, and um, so I first went as a a fan, and I I had at the time a, a really nice camera, and I just took pictures from the crowd, and from there I I went online, and at that point I was into, you know, web design and and all that stuff at a really young age. So I I built a little fan site with all my pictures, and and I emailed the link to the promotion, and uh, the next event I was was asked to take pictures, and it kind of snowballed from there. I, I... Really started probably in 99, though, in terms of just, like, helping set up the ring, helping set up the chairs, uh, running hard camera, you know, doing pretty much everything, anything I could to just help out. I I forgot about the photography part of uh, your entry into the world wrestling uh, entertainment uh, style business here. Just like a Jim Cornette and Paul Lee before you, taking pictures at ringside. Yeah, well, I... I was, I'm a, I was, I come from the tape training, professional wrestling tape training scene, and so I wanted to bring my video camera, but that, I was concerned that I would be kicked out, so I didn't, and so I, I felt I needed some other historical record of, of my trip to beautiful Newport, Vermont, on the border of, uh, Canada, and so I brought my, my camera, and it ended up working out pretty well for me, I guess, in terms of just getting involved and, and making contacts and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Green Mountain Wrestling wasn't a big promotion. I mean, if you Google search it, it's you know you won't find a lot of a lot of hits on it. But uh, it was for its time. It you know, I was fortunate in that I saw some really good. New England talent and also some some uh, Montreal talent, for instance, uh, Luffy stuff oh, okay. was. Uh, she used to be a uh, Precious or Luscious Lucy or, or something like that. I forget. It was either Precious or or uh, Luscious, and you know she used to manage and, and then started wrestling. Um, you know Steve Bradley, super bad Steve Bradley, who of course spent a lot of time in. Developmental with the WWF and, uh, you know, just a lot of the, the really good New England talent of the era. So, 
no, I I always look back at those memories pretty fondly. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a choice. I'm gonna kind of lead you in a direction to tell one of two stories. Up to you. Do you want to tell the story of what current world wrestling entertainment superstar you somewhat befriended during this time, or what your other nineteen or late late nineties web development video cameras photography business led you to outside of wrestling? Oh, well, I mean, I'll talk to either, honestly, uh, about either. <laughs> All right. I, so, you know, I was, I'm, I'm 32 years old, so back then I was, you know, I was still 14, 15 years old when I first started helping at, out at uh, wrestling events, and I had, I had befriended quite a few guys and gals in, in that time, and <laughs> after, after, I had kind of finished up with Green Mountain Wrestling. I started uh, going around with a guy named Steve Ricard, who now runs Top Rope Promotions, uh, Dr. Heresy, you know, a lot of guys that, that worked in the greater New England area. And uh, so they would they would come up to Vermont when there were events. And basically, I my house would serve as the wrestler hotel during those those times. And so... Uh, you know, I, I met quite a few guys through that, and uh, among them uh, was uh, now known as uh, Fandango, but <laughs> or Fandango, whatever. Uh, Johnny Curtis, who uh, used to wrestle as Sun Dragon and just Jonathan, and and so he used to he used to crash at my house, and uh, he was involved. I think I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. I mean. When I think about it, it's like this was 17 years ago. I in my first match, I actually, I I, I did a brief period where I was a manager, uh, Nurse Lash, and uh, he was involved in the first match I I ever managed in. And then the other story, or is there any follow up questions to that that you wanted? I just want to mention you're 32 years old. We are very old, Todd. I was very sad when he said 32. <laughs> and I was like, I can't see 32 in the mirror. <laughs> no, again, I, I'm very aware of my own age, and I can, like, really give two shakes about it. But when I hear my friends who are doing all these things, and, like, I hear people like Tom, you know, our friend Tom Green or Jerry or Adam, and they're achieving yep. all of these things, they're like, yeah, I just turned 30, or yeah, I'm 32. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? What have I done? Achieving. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know that uh, you can really be too jealous about about my devotion for the last 20, 20 years of, <laughs> of independent wrestling. I'm not sure that that uh, really uh, amounts to a lot. It's just something I love and I've been passionate about, and I've been fortunate enough to be, be involved as much as I have for you know at this point over half my life. Don't worry, I won't be jealous of your wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> and Don't uh, worry. The other, uh, the other thing I think you were were uh, referring to was my involvement in pornography. That's correct. Whoa! <laughs> yes. All right, now we have a talk I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know i i I picked up video editing very young. I was probably. <laughs> Let's see, 
I started really editing in terms of actual editing, not just taking two VCRs, putting, you know, a bunch of matches on a tape or something. Uh, Actual, like, video editing, probably when I was, like, in 98, around that time. And uh, so I, I, I... it was just something I, I really loved to do, and it's been something I've done ever since. And and so, oh, let's see. It's probably, I'm trying to remember, maybe like 2002. Actually, it wasn't even, so. Yeah, maybe 2002. I, I was 17 years old, I think. I was just, yeah, just shy of turning 18. And I decided, hey, you know. What what young guy doesn't love porn? <laughs> and so it was early in the whole kind of internet revolution of the porn stars making their own websites and um, selling their own DVDs and all that stuff. You know, there were there weren't those those highly funded websites where you know, like I don't know the name. Um, not like Pornhub, but like premium, you know, where, uh, amateur porn stars could, and also some professional and, and semi-retired porn stars could sell clips to fans and stuff. So, um, I started emailing, uh, tons of, of porn actresses and offering my, my video production services. And, you know, I was, I actually think I was about 16 when I started and now that, yeah, so I just, yeah, I was 16 when I, when I just started emailing, uh, all these porn stars. And, uh, I got responses from quite a few of them. And so I began at the age of 16 producing hardcore pornography for a number of, uh, porn stars. The most notable probably being, uh, Chrissy Moran. If you want to Google that, and no need. That- <laughs> uh, we use Bing on this show, just so you're. <laughs> yeah, you can Bing Chrissy Moran. Uh, you know she she was I Aaron's daughter. Rest in peace. Yes, cupcake. I, I made a lot of uh, money off of that and. Uh, it kind of came to an end when she found Jesus. Where was he? You'd have to ask her. All right. She found Jesus and, and swore off the pornography. And by that point, um, it had kind of, I don't know. I I don't mean to interrupt you. It looks like she's back in or if, or there's a new Chrissy Moran. No, she's definitely not back in. Uh, it's probably just, uh, um, you know, when you when you're in porn, they shoot so much content that you can literally be out of porn for I think she's been out of porn at this point probably almost 7 years and they're still releasing new content of her. No. Uh, see the reason I ask and again we're kind of getting off the beaten path with this here. Um, so it, was, it says here 2006 is when she became a devout Christian, but there is a site of someone with her name who looks much younger than her, and it's offering, like, here's a VIP thing, she claims she's 32, which is not the age of 
the Chrissy Moran that you worked with. So it's a it's, completely different person using the name. Allah, like Todd learned uh, last week on Gallifrey Birds, where in Lucha Libre, people will hand down, you know, a moniker yes. to someone. And not always handing it down, uh, just having it pretty much stolen in some cases. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't know if they're doing that in porn. God bless them if they are, you know. Oh, but, uh, franchising. Yeah. That would it, be fantastic. I don't know that it's franchising, but, you know, <laughs> something like that. I, I, But, yeah, what happened is essentially what happened was that just the time came when no longer people like uh, people like me could no longer. It wasn't it didn't make sense to send me footage or have me travel out there when they could just buy a HD camera for themselves and use freely available editing software. I mean, the quality isn't as, you know, I, I feel like I'm a professional editor and, but I mean, it's porn, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't need to be really professionally edited for, for guys to get their rocks off. So, Oh, wait a minute. This cut was nighttime and this one's daytime. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> That's right. So, now, again, you mentioned some of the folks. Did you ever get any of the uh, male stars, your Tom Byron's, your Peter North's, or anyone like that? Or did you just stick with the ladies? Nobody big like that. No, nobody big like that. There was a, a, my last, my last kind of, um, the last time I was supposed to do some porn work, and, you know, I don't give a fuck, uh, one of the guy, one of the guys wanted to hire me to do uh, to edit some gay porn, and uh, but that unfortunately fell through. Uh, gay porn though would have been pretty lucrative uh, to edit. Okay, question. Yep. Did you like? Because you said you didn't do. I'm guessing you never did any gay porn uh, editing no. in your time. Was it all just like you know, either woman on woman or man on woman, or was there any like weird stuff that that was thrown your way, like I, like I fetish never, stuff? Or there was some fetish stuff, but it was pretty uh, timid. Gotcha. Um, kind of, you know, for I mean, you know, feet. Stuff like that. Uh, some, gotcha. I think it's called like Fendom. You know, the real muscular women kind of beating up on guys and, and uh, beating up on, on, on women. Not beating up, but kind of roughhousing. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. So like the fetish stuff that kind of leaks into your, you know, general run-of-the-mill porn. Not like the stuff that's specifically filmed for those specific fetish communities. That's like the real legit quote-unquote stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff, that stuff really kind of, you know, this was still, I mean, the internet was pretty, pretty in its infancy at the time. You know, not, I mean, it had been around for a while, but in terms of the streaming video and and all that stuff, it was still pretty new. So a lot of that real niche stuff really didn't start taking a hold until kind of towards the end of my my time in dealing with porn and porn stars and all that stuff. But uh, I guess my favorite memory of uh, my time in porn would just be the reaction when I would... I used to publish or... or I used the name Black Bunny Productions because <laughs> I, growing up, I always had bunnies for for pets, and 
So I would always, I always got a, a perverse kick out of it, and Joe knows me. I get kicks out of little things like this. So every porn that I would produce would open, <laughs> open up with a uh, a picture of my my bunny, uh, the black bunny I had. <laughs> so a childhood pet would uh, grace people's springs before two human beings began fucking their brains out. Now. Just before we were talking about you and wrestling, how Adam Lash is a great wrestling name. It's yep. an even better porn name. Yeah, so. I, I was I was blessed with a a very uh, interesting, I guess you could say, name. Yeah, I mean, when I first got involved, people didn't believe that that was my name. They, and in fact, some people there was a wrestler named Adam Flash, and <gasps> some people. I love your gasp. You sounded so delighted. But it, yeah, Adam Flash was a pretty notable independent wrestler uh, in the mid to mid nineties to early two uh, thousands, and and people thought I was just a really huge Adam Flash fan. And I actually <laughs> he was one of my he thought he was one of my I really actually liked Adam Flash. But no, I mean that was my name. But it was just Adam Lash. And I wonder if uh, when he saw you come into the business, if he was like, that young kid out there is trying to ladle some of my warmth. <laughs> That's some yeah. of the vernacular we use on the show where Todd gets uh, wrestling terminology wrestling terminology just slightly wrong enough. Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't know that Adam Flash uh, ever took note of me, or, or I, and I don't know how much of a, <laughs> a rub that I... I got from uh, having a similar name to Adam Flash, but, I mean, maybe I, I, I could check on that. When I was still going by my other fake name, very early on in my uh, professional wrestling career, Hollow Wicked didn't believe that Joe Sposta was my real name. He thought that that uh, was I'm another not... fake name that I was using, and I'm I had to show him my license to not... prove that it was my real name. I'm not convinced that it's your real name. I'll show you my license. I'll send you my birth certificate. Okay, uh, I'm convinced. It's just fucking Sposto. Like, Sposto, bro? Like, you know, I guess, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I I much prefer uh, Leonard F. Chikarvison. That sounds much realer to me. I I don't like either of them. There you go. (laughs) So, Adam, I do thank you for joining us here. Of course, the reason you're here is to talk about Powerbomb.tv and Break the Barrier. On June 11th, uh, Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock, whether you're there live, Eastern Time, of course, because we have listeners all over the world. Um, independent wrestlers such as Jigsaw, Chuck Taylor, Colt Cabana, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, Joey Janela, uh, Desan Pratt, the former uh, Amasis, is going to be taking on his partner, Ophidian, possibly for the last time. Dasher Hatfield, tons of wrestlers, promotions such as C4, Top Rope Promotions, Georgia Premier Wrestling, many other are all going to be represented on this show, and there's going to be a lot more announced. Uh, at least one more match, I think, I don't see on the yeah. list. I- I'm not sure that there's going to be a lot more, but yeah, there's <laughs> there's probably a... One more match, I think we we've got to announce, and, mm-hmm. and we also need to to announce uh, Triton's uh, replacement. But yeah, I think there's there's the woman match that we woman's match that we need to uh, announce, and I, I think that'll probably be coming uh, this week sometime. Oh, and you said ladies match, okay? So and I'm yes. 
and I'm trying to see if I can get a me versus Stan Malibu match book for my intergalactic belt. Oh, you have you have an intergalactic belt, huh? Joe gave me an intergalactic belt. Was that for my birthday or for Christmas? Uh, it might have been Christmas a couple know, years ago. He, either way, I got it, and I'm willing to put it up, you know, ver- you know belt uh, versus jacket match right now. I'm booking it now. You know, uh, Stan Malibu is quite the fan of uh, Paige, too, so maybe you, you two <laughs> could uh, recreate a, a picture of hers. Mm, Paro. <laughs> So uh, be sure to follow uh, Powerbomb TV on Twitter and uh, all other social media at Powerbomb TV. Just put that in, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, etc., etc., whatever it is. Um, and be sure to follow Adam on Twitter at WordsBig80. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. He does continue calling you, you know, Leonard F. Shakarson. I, I, I'm more... I'm more um, I don't mind being called words. I, I just feel bad for for him uh, to be associated with me. I I feel a similar way. Uh, I had mentioned to him that I was harangued all this past weekend by a variety of people accusing me of either being words, knowing who words is, and not telling who words is. Do uh, your listeners even know who words is? Uh, they have a they have a passing reference of who words is. I figure if you you listen to this show, you at least know what Todd and I are up to in our personal lives that we put out there on Twitter. And uh, if you follow me, you probably see poor words being so mean to me and bullying me all the time that they probably all all the listeners of this show probably hate him. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite I'm quite skeptical of anybody who who accused you of being words. I'd like to know who. Who accused you of all people of being words? I'll tell you off air. I, I no, accused him to throw my. Do it online. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's go live. Just tell me. I accused him to throw the trail off of me. <laughs> that would be quite the swerve. Like I like the mystery of all of this. Yeah, I don't know. There was a time when you were you were hot on the case. You have to your credit chilled out a little bit about it but <laughs> I don't yeah, know, you know Adam there was my... never there was never a case words is just a regular guy but definitely <laughs> not me and definitely not you but he's just some regular guy that's all he, or girl I don't know yeah I can and it I doesn't can, matter no, and it doesn't matter based on based on personal uh conversations I've had with with brother words and he is probably a a, a he he so we, I can listen in 2017's world of pan sexual gender uh, identification. Watch we use, it. We don't use gender specific pronouns on this show. Okay. Pronouns, pal. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. I'm glad that one seeped in. Yeah. All right, but no, Adam. It was fun having you on the show. Um, I hope this was enjoyable out, huh? for you this evening. Oh yeah, I had the time of my life. It was amazing. <laughs> wow! I, this was this was a life altering uh, experience, and, and you know, I'm just incredibly grateful for for this time on, on this wonderful podcast. <laughs> of the other <laughs> podcast appearances that you've done so far, where would you rank this one? 
Uh, no comment. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Well, I, I I have enjoyed myself. Thank you for having me. I, I sincerely appreciate it. And uh, I just hope anybody who's listening, you know, I assume you probably are into independent wrestling if you're making it this far. Um, and if you are, I just I want to thank you for supporting it. Just whether you're supporting Powerbomb or myself or or Gerard, my partner, <laughs> Jerry. I just. <laughs> I I genuinely love independent wrestling and I want it to succeed and if you give us an opportunity to entertain you on on June 11th I will be very grateful and I I just hope everybody has a a wonderful time both live and, and watching online. All right, well Adam again for real thanks for being on here. I enjoyed having you on. It made me think back to the uh Low Road to Moral Success episode we did all those years ago that has been scrubbed from the internet. How does that even happen? Like, I'll give you a hint how it happens. Jerry. <laughs> I just, somebody should have saved it. Like, I don't know. It's not me. I'm not significant enough. But, right. But it was uh, interesting to get Mike Burns out of his, <laughs> out of the shadows. And, right. When the and, hell does he does it, do, do interviews? Yeah, you know. Nobody gets Mike Burns, and you guys got in, and Jerry just left it go to the wayside, and he had a good thing going, and he just, like everything, he fucked it up. That's my partner, by the way. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you know, everything's, you know, going to work out fine for Powerbomb, you know, that's different now, obviously. He's a totally different person. Right, he's grown up. He's grown up. He has, and, and Jerry... You know, Jimmy, very much like me, he, he's very passionate about independent wrestling, and I think this whole thing, just running the event and Powerbomb has really invigorated his passion for it, so, you know, and, and honestly, I just, I do really want to thank you guys for having me, and uh, <laughs> I, I know I come off as a dick, but I, I, I did have a good time, and maybe uh, sometime down the road, you guys can have me back. Well, maybe we'll try to figure doing something live at the uh, show. Yeah, okay. Just uh, t- talking into the microphone on my uh, phone, real super low tech. You know, that's the way we do it here. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. No fancy editing, because that's just too go- too much goddamn work for me. You go fucking live, motherfucker. Exactly. All right, Adam, thank you very much. This has been After Dark Longbox Heroes, episode 132. We'll catch you all here next week, and we hope to see you at Break the Barrier on June 11th. Bye. Soft serve. Fucker.